Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. To those listening, welcome. As we explore wonders and mysteries and journey into the realm of unknown. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Realm of Unknown. More specifically, another installment of our Keystone Curiosity series here on the, uh, let's say channel, but on the, uh, on the pod. Uh, so yeah, I, uh, was not able to upload an installment of this series last week. If you are new to the show, or if you are returning and are like, what the heck is Keystone Curiosities? Well, Keystone Curiosities is a new kind of mini-type series that I'm doing here on the podcast, in which I am doing, essentially consolidating all of the stories, hauntings, ghost lore, all that sort of stuff from the state of Pennsylvania, which I am from. Uh, oh, also, welcome new people. My name is Shane. I'm your host. Um, but yeah, so for for this series, I'm not really doing it uh, as consistently as the main show. The main show is what I'm aiming to do once a week. And this series is, while it is still scheduled to be once a week, every Tuesdays, uh, it is not the biggest requirement on my end to actually get a new episode out, if that makes sense. Um, so if things are busy, I don't have to worry about getting an episode out during the week. I can focus on work or life or whatever's going on, and I can focus on getting the weekend episode up. And then the you know secondary episode being the one during the week will be the keystone curiosity stuff so that's a brief rundown of kind of what's going on with the series uh, and kind of what to expect overall and if you are new here uh, this is the i believe third episode of the overall keystone curiosity stuff and again it is everything to do with pennsylvania because we used to talk about that a lot we used to talk about a lot of pa specific stuff and uh, it was kind of clogging up all the other stories from <laughs> other states and other countries and other stuff that are not PA-specific, although a lot of stories are, surprisingly. Uh, so today we have uh, both an installment of the Keystone Curiosity series, but also another uh, addition to our growing collection of haunted colleges and universities from across the globe. Uh, so far, I think we've only done United States uh, colleges, but uh, over on the YouTube, when I used to make that the main thing for Realm of Unknown, we did do a lot more uh, from overseas. But as you are probably aware from the episode title, this is going to be 
surrounding specifically the Penn State University or the Pennsylvania State University here in PA. But before we get into this overall uh, episode, we do have a brief little pause because I have uh, something that personally I have not done for a good little while, and that is going to be a sponsor slash shout out that I have here for you guys. So there's going to be a brief little pause as we talk about the episode sponsor, and then we will get back to you in just a moment. All right, see you soon. Today we are featuring the podcast Horror Movies and Scary Stories. A podcast that's sure to scratch that horror itch we've all got this coming spooky season. Featuring a growing collection of professionally written and acted short stories with a creative spin on the traditional roundtable setting. Our narrator on these journeys is Tracy Jules, professional actress, screenwriter, and now podcast host, guiding us through these rich and scary tales, accompanied by a talented assortment of actors and creatives. Each episode of the Horror Movies and Scary Stories podcast is at a uniquely professional level. Some may even say award-winning. That'd be me. Look it up. They are. So join in on this growing journey and take a listen to the Horror Stories and Scary Stories podcast today. It can be heard on Amazon Music, Audible, Podcast Addict, and more. Or by following the link in this episode's description. And we are back. Alright, so be sure guys, before you listen to this, Definitely open up a second tab and go and check out the feature for today, which was, again, Horror Stories and Scary Stories podcast. Go check them out. It's a really, really fascinating and fantastic collection of stories. Uh, Definitely go listen. There's a few episodes out now. Uh, They're still growing at the moment, uh, but definitely if you want to listen to good stories, by far go and check them out. Uh, But for today's story, for today's uh, topic and main feed for the Keystone Curiosity series, we again are talking about the Pennsylvania State University. Now, let me kind of give a brief rundown of the kind of general description and history of the campus, and then we are essentially just going to list off all of the ghosts and hauntings that are associated with the various buildings on the university uh, campus grounds. Now, the Penn State University, again, its full name is the Pennsylvania State University. Most people call it Penn State. Some people call it PSU. Is a public university here in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania uh, with campuses and facilities pretty much throughout the state. If you're from this area, you're fairly familiar with what it is. But if you're not, uh, Penn State is a very, very large state college or state university. Uh, that has satellite campuses and, again, facilities all throughout the state. Uh, And I think in some regards out of state, but it's mainly in-state. It was originally founded in 1855 as the Farmers High School of Pennsylvania. Sounds pretty accurate for where it is in PA. Uh, And Penn State became the state's only uh, land-grant university in the year of 1863. Now, today... Uh, Penn State is a major research university that conducts uh, 
you know, teaching, research, and public service, and offers a variety of undergrad, graduate, professional, as in like PhD level uh, education, along with continued education uh, and services such as online uh, delivery, if you want to do online courses. And the campus itself is ultimately called University Park because it actually does house multiple of the Penn State schools and universities within it, uh, the specific colleges. And there are, I believe Cabrini even has a school up there. Uh, So it's just a big hodgepodge of stuff. But the University Park itself, the campus, uh, has actually been labeled as one of the quote-unquote public ivies which is a fancy way of saying that the university is considered at the caliber and quality uh, of education that is comparable to an Ivy League school. However, the Ivy League schools are a bit pompous, and it's weird. Even though the school is considered at the caliber of them, it's not considered an actual Ivy League school. It's a bit weird. It's it's the same thing with like how there's technically a level below the Ivy Leagues where it's like, yeah, we're still pretty good. You're just not good enough. But, you know, Penn State's one of them. Uh, if you're from the area. You're very well versed with who Penn, uh, Penn State is. Uh, I personally went to Temple. So sorry <laughs> to whoever's out there who was not aware of that, uh, who is from Penn State. But whatever. I guess we had a rivalry it's not really a huge big deal. Our opening football games generally sucked every year anyway, so teach their own. So the various ghosts. Uh, as you have heard, Penn State has been around for almost uh, 200 years, again, being founded in 18, uh, the 1850s, the general uh, land, essentially. Uh, so 200 years of, or I should say almost 200 years of history is going to leave you with a lot of people coming in and out of your campus. And as we've seen with the other universities that we've discussed, that provides a plethora of people uh, in order to become spirits that haunt the grounds after they die. And I broke down this episode again specifically into set buildings and locations that have specific hauntings. And we're just going to kind of run through them, talk about them, and then, you know, go through the specific spirits that are associated with them. So first off, we have the Old Botany Building. And the Old Botany Building is actually fairly full of history itself. It's one of the oldest buildings on the campus grounds. And its original facade on uh, Penn State University uh, Park campus is, again, one of the older structures that you could find on the entire university park grounds uh even if it is i think it i don't think it's moved but certain buildings have been adjusted obviously over time Uh, but they found out the facade and foundation of this building has remained the same uh so (laughs) as i mentioned earlier it's going to also provide a lot of uh history for spirits and it is indeed known to house many of Penn State's reported ghosts. Uh, One of the most well-known spirit that haunts this location is one by the name of Francine, or Francis, even though it's a woman, uh, Francis Atherton, who is the wife of the former university president, George Atherton, who I believe we will talk about later. The legend goes that if you were to pass the building and look up into the uppermost windows, so the top floor, 
you would be able to see the figure of a woman peering out of the glass and across the street. Supposedly, this apparition is of Aberton's wife keeping a watch over her husband's grave. If you feel an eerie sensation or the sensation of a pair of eyes staring at you while you are walking across Pollock Road late at night, chances are she's probably glaring, glaring down at you because you're walking past her view. There are, however, uh, a slight sinister twist to the story. Uh, a few reports uh, have these accounts uh, in which certain people claim that there is a spirit. It's not necessarily Francis, but we're not ruling her out because it's not ever been determined. Uh, there is a spirit that allegedly uh, causes havoc for workers and students who stay up too late within the botany building, uh, specifically back when it was the botany department originally. And witnesses have claimed to see carpets roll up on their own, as well as the sound of glass being shattered throughout the building. Now we're going to move down the street. Most of these are on Pallock Road, just a heads up, or Pallock Avenue. Um, no, it's, it's East Pallock Road. Uh, but most of these, if you are on the campus and you are visiting, most of these will be on that road. But moving down the road, we are going to be going over to Pallet Library. Uh, and this is the home of the allegedly one of the most mysterious murders. Uh, I, some of the articles say in history, I would say specifically just for the campus, because <laughs> it's, it's really not too, too crazy. Uh, on November 28th in 1969, I think that's my dad's birthday. No, it's not. It's a year later um almost uh a graduate student by the name of betsy adsma was writing a paper within the stacks and rows of the library when she was stabbed from behind and ultimately killed authorities never discovered the identity of her killers but allegedly shortly after the murder two men were seen leaving the library and even warned or gave a heads up to the desk clerk that there was a girl in the library that needed help. The murder baffled police because of the sheer lack of blood, despite, again, being stabbed in the back and dying due to that wound, uh, as well as the fact that there were no signs of visible struggle. So it was a very quick job. Again, we don't know the circumstances behind the murder, but to this day, there are some sightings and alleged reports in association to potentially Betsy still hanging around. Students often report feeling random dips in temperature while hanging out in the library and studying late at night, uh, or I should say evening because likely the library closes, witnessing uh, some of the witness objects moving around off uh, on their own and have also spotted in at least two separate occasions uh, the full-body apparition of what they claim to be a female spirit. However, uh, it is not clear specifically who this individual is, if it is Betsy or not. Uh, however, people do believe most likely that it is her. One student even goes as far as saying that she has had the sensation of hands gripping her neck while she is visiting the library and generally students report a sort of overall sensation of uneasiness uh, specifically when they are in the library later into the day 
Next on our little trip down uh, Pollock Road, we are going to actually head to something that uh, Penn State is known for and may possibly be a reason why it's haunted. Uh, but ironically, this is actually uh, something that is shared with Temple University. Uh, it is the fact that Penn State has a reputation uh, due to the fact that George Atherton, the individual that I mentioned earlier in reference to Francis's uh, spirit, uh, George Atherton, who was a very influential uh, president, specifically the seventh president of the uh, PSU uh, University, uh, is buried on the grounds off of Pollock Road. Uh, specifically, he is buried right next to the uh, shop library. And again, Atherton served as the president specifically between the years of 1882 and 1906. Temple University, again, shares this. Our founder and president uh, is buried on the grounds. Any Temple students, if you're here in Philly and you're walking through what is, I believe, called Founder's Garden still, because uh, I think they changed the name due to the dude who originally had the name supporting uh, Bill Cosby. Yeah, rough history. Uh, if you go to the Founder's Garden and you see that giant head, the bust of our founder, uh, yeah, there's a little stone slab behind him. That is where he's buried. There is a body on campus. Good luck. There was also a massive uh, <laughs> graveyard across the street where our uh, sports complex is, so have fun! But moving over into PA, away from Temple, away from Philly, back onto uh, George and his burial ground. Uh, Atherton is credited for essentially rescuing the university during one of its darker points in history and bringing it back from what would essentially have been a financial collapse of the entire university. Uh, he introduced engineering into the curriculum, and he was uh, a leading cause for the university's first kind of building boom, or essentially expansion uh, from what it once was, securing a regular annual state funding among his many other accomplishments. During his term, he fought extremely hard in order to expand the overall subjects that were taught at the university, and he is also accredited for boosting the student athletics program. Now, again, upon his death in 1906, uh, the, I believe, current president of the Penn State Board of Trustees, uh, General James A. Beaver, suggested that Averton should be interned in front of the old main building, which is one of the staple buildings in the university. However, Atherton's family suggested a quieter area and wanted him to be placed next to the Shab's, uh again, auditorium. That is where his uh, body remains today, and allegedly uh, his supernatural influence also remains uh, because he is oftentimes spotted near this location. We're going to actually talk about that because right next up is uh, Shab's Aud Auditorium, uh, which again hosts a lot of spirits. Uh, plenty of Penn Staters have attended events here. Uh, it's pretty well known for hosting uh, either classes or dance performances or just general events overall. It's a kind of a multi-purpose building. But a few of these students have also had reports of paranormal hotspots essentially taking place in one of Penn State's more renowned buildings. 
Ghostly presence, such as a janitor, has been spotted. An unknown woman, a young boy, and even Charles uh, Schaub himself, who is the uh, auditorium is named after, are all allegedly haunting this building. And on top of all of that, there are even more, because workers often hear footsteps and soft voices in the uppermost floors of the auditorium. However, no one else is there, and no one else should be in the building. Uh, also, according to the blog Pennsylvania Haunts and Histories, there are several reports within the theater that if you were to go there and you were to see some of the empty seats, you would notice that some of the seats begin to have a sort of depression, as if someone was sitting in them and viewing a show that was not going on. Uh, this is actually a bringing, bringing another shared thing back to Philly. Uh, we, we did an episode on the on the uh, Academy of the Arts building here in Philadelphia, a building that's actually not too far from me, uh, that actually also shares a very similar trait of a spirit who allegedly depresses the seat cushions, and you can see it and feel it in real time, uh, but no one is there. Uh, but specifically in the shop auditorium, workers have often uh, been afraid to be left in the building on their own, because again, oftentimes they are quote-unquote not alone, even though they should be. Uh, in addition to all of the spirits that we have already listed out, there are a few more, uh, because why not? Let's just dump them all in there. Uh, Atherton, again, is believed to possibly be located here, uh, specifically due to his grave being located on the premises of the building. Uh, again, Charles Schaubs has also been spotted here. He himself is perhaps spotted here but again it's not fully known but he has been known to allegedly walk the halls of this building there's also what is believed to be a revolutionary war soldier however it could also just be an actor who is portraying the soldier we don't really know um but a soldier of some sort is also seen inside of the building and going back a bit to charles uh charles Schaub, Schaub's specter his specific uh specter and apparition is relatively affectionately referred to by the collective university as uh, a nickname he is given the nickname of a uh, shaboob or shabu uh rather than just calling him shab i don't know i mean i added it as a note this is the first time where, I mean, there are monikers given to spirits oftentimes, like, you know, such as the faceless man or like the woman in red or whatever. Uh, generally, they're given to spirits that we don't know the name of, but I have not come into, I have not encountered any time in which a literal pet name or nickname has been given to a believe believably known dead person uh so i wonder how he feels about that but it uh, i wanted to throw it in there because it, it, it's the first time for me and i thought it was interesting uh next up we have not a specific building but a general location uh and this is the location known as the ghost walk uh, this is a spot that is not necessarily there anymore. The grounds are there, 
but it was originally referring to a trail that originally existed there uh, that is no longer on the premises. Uh, and it is actually home to, or was home to, one of Penn State's most famous ghost stories and legends, being that of, again, what is now known as Ghost Walk. The path once spanned the location between the old Botany Building all the way up uh, up until Park Avenue. And students used to use the path as a sort of romantic getaway or kind of romantic trail to walk through while on campus, uh, which was rather significant for many people uh, and useful for others as they had often used it to hide from uh, school authorities uh, as well as to quote-unquote cause mischief, which I'm pretty sure we all know what they were doing as well as more than likely you know, Lover's Lane, or in Temple's case, uh, we had what was known as Narnia, because you'd also go and get high. Probably one of the two was being used here on Ghost Walk. Uh, But according to the old legend, the path actually has a bit of a dark history to it as well, as there was a specific story of a student who got lost during a blizzard in in the late 1860s and ultimately froze to death overnight as he was not able to find his way out of the cold and, again, was found the next day frozen and dead. Shortly after this alleged incident and the discovery of this dead student, the apparition began to circulate of, uh, you know, spottings of a ghost on the campus, roaming around campus, specifically on this trail. Uh, people uh, reported seeing a ghostly figure along with strange noises when no one else should be around them. Uh, and oftentimes the noises were accompanied disembodied. So you were there alone and you were hearing voices all around you. And again, they seemed to hone in on the ghost walk shortly after the uh, student died. So the overall campus just kind of latched the stories onto it and had given it a sort of air of proof that, hey, this is the identity of this particular spirit that we are encountering. Now, one of probably the, I would say, more famous uh, or more infamous spirits that you'll probably come across if you're looking into uh, legends and stories of the, the university is that of Old Coley. Now, who is Old Coley, you ask? Well, again, it's probably one of the most famous, but it's also one of the oldest ghost stories revolving around uh, the campus. Uh, Old Coley is actually, in fact, a mule. Uh, A pack mule, specifically, that came to the campus in 1857, two years after the original founding, in order to assist with the building of the original old main building. Now, even after the building was constructed and the job was complete, Penn State, the campus, and the school ultimately purchased Old Coley uh, and decided to just let him live on campus. He primarily just kind of roamed around the campus farm, as well as the lawn outside of the old main building that he helped create. And the mule had been dubbed originally as the mascot of the university, um, I believe in some regards. Not, I don't know if it's a f- fully official or anything, uh, but originally it was believed to be the mascot before the ultimate Nittany Lion became the official, official mascot of the university. 
Uh, if you're not familiar, the Nittany Lion is a mountain lion, and the word Nittany comes from the mountain that overlooks the uh, university. Uh, however, you know, old Coley couldn't survive the entire time, but it lived a really damn long time. Uh, he ended up passing away in 1893, living 30 years on the campus. Uh, students now, however, can still see him. And you're probably wondering how. Is he a ghost? Does he walk around? Well, yes and no. <laughs> uh, because we will get to the ghost stuff, but more specifically, uh, his skeleton is still currently on display on the campus. Uh, over the years, old uh, Coley's skeleton has been on display and stored in a variety of locations across the campus uh, and has resided in pretty much nearly all the buildings on uh, the university grounds, uh, including Watts Hall, which I believe is a residential hall, uh, where people have reports of paranormal instances in the dark of the night. Specifically, they hear the sounds of his hooves walking across the floor. And in some accounts, this one more specifically stretches all over campus in a variety of buildings, uh, reports of his distinct call. So you might hear a mule call every now and then uh, while you are roaming around campus and not see the animal that should be accompanying it because it has been dead for a very, very long time. And last but not least, just a quick rundown. Uh, we have two additional ones. We have uh, another sort of well-known named entity, uh, a friendly spirit known by the name of uh, Gumshoes, who allegedly haunts Atherton Hall. And there are also reports that between the years of 1980s and 1990s, there was an alleged poltergeist outbreak on the campus that started in uh, Wrinkle Hall and began to spread throughout the campus. There's not a whole lot of details on that, but I find that very weird and very fascinating. Uh, I might have to make that a bonus episode of some sort, uh, but there's so many more. There's plenty, plenty more stories. Um, ultimately, I do urge you to kind of look into it on your own uh, because the stories of Penn State and the stories of ghosts and supernatural stuff kind of begin to blend and move off of the campus and encompass kind of the overall town and environment. And it's really fascinating. Um, again, I might do like a bonus series or episode on this. I don't know. Uh, but if you do have the time and you are fascinated on like, hey, what the heck is happening over at Penn State? Uh, I want to learn more. Definitely go check it out. I highly recommend that you do if you have the moment and you are interested. But that's where we're going to end it for today. Uh, we're going to leave it on a bit of a cliffhanger. But ultimately, we talked about a shit ton of ghosts. Uh, <laughs> they definitely have a lot more ghosts than we do over uh, at Temple University. But I guess that, you know, they have a lot more history and I think a lot more shit happened over there, <laughs> especially if I don't know if they had any uh, Civil War shit happening. I don't recall if it's around the same time period or not. Um, but, you know, they have a lot of stuff happening, long history and a lot of uh, different people again in and out of the university that are going to ultimately probably want to come back in some way, shape or form. 
And without further ado, that wraps up another installment of the Keystone Curiosity series. A bit of a crazy one, a bit of a kind of bullet list type one, but ultimately with these university type stories, you kind of have to because there's a lot of stuff to get into and you can't really get into the history of every single building and every professor and student or whomever that passes through. You kind of just have to bullet out the, the keynotes. And uh, I had a fun time compiling these ones for today. So if you guys did enjoy and you wish to check out more stuff of the podcast or to help support the podcast, you could do so by going over to patreon.com forward slash realm of unknown. And there you will find a one, three and $5 tier list where you will get behind the scenes goodies, bonus episodes every week, uh, monthly polls and some extra stuff from investigations that I've been on here in and around Philadelphia. If you can't support financially, I totally get it. It's a weird, crazy time. But if you want to help out the show, you could do so by leaving a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. Apple Podcasts is probably the biggest one, but Spotify would help a lot too. A good pod stitcher wherever you go to that allows you to rate and review. And if you just want to kind of hop onto the conversation or follow for updates on the show or join, you know, all the other fun podcasts uh, that I interact with over on social media, you could do so at Realm of Unknown pretty much everywhere. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, wherever you'll find us under that name. Uh, And yeah. That's all we've got for today. I hope you guys had a great time and another installment with the Keystone Curiosity series, and hopefully we'll keep the uh, momentum going throughout the fall season. Until then, guys, I hope to uh, see you next week or next time whenever the next episode is installed. Uh, But in the meantime, remember, most importantly, to stay spooky. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 